what we do here is go back, 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 back. I guess that's the only thing that kind of would make sense for me as far as fit or why he might potentially make the team. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Mike McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. Andy, I would ask you how you were doing, but I know that you're not doing too great because, as of today, Ray Liotta has passed away. And I know that doesn't sit well with you. So, Hmm. initial thoughts? Uh, Saddened. Saddened, indeed. Um, Not the news I was looking for, especially on the 26th of May, a Thursday before three-day weekend. Vibes should be trending positive. Vibes took a step back, took a moment of silence, and will continue in a positive trajectory. Very sad. Very sad for, for Ray. So many good movies, so many things I could say about Ray. But all I'll say is always remembered, never forgotten. Ray Liotta. Couldn't have said it better myself. Couldn't have said it better. Oh. Glad we could get that out of the way because mm. I know that would have been the biggest lingering question of are they going to touch on it right. in regards to news in the in the media as of late. But we uh, we will move into the rundown. Give us an idea of what we are looking at on the podcast today. Yeah, um, we have some some better stuff that we're going to cover um, here in this first this first bit here, um, and then we're just getting back into the rankings. Um, my QB rankings. We're going to go ten through six. I'll do a better job of kind of explaining that. And, you know, we'll get some debatable thoughts on the top 10 through six NFL quarterbacks going into the 2022 NFL season. Um, When I watched the tape back, by the way, I realized that when we recorded last week, I said 2023. All good. Right. Moving on. Hand up, though. Going to admit my mistake. I'm going to be better. Be better for the organization. But, yeah, we'll start with the Raiders here. So, over, I guess, as of the last 24 hours, um, Schefter came out with a report saying that the Raiders scheduled a workout with Colin Kaepernick. Very buzzworthy name, um, especially with what has happened over the last, I would say, five years, five or six years, um, when he, in the prime of his career, did take a knee during the national anthem, which led to a lot of other things that have transpired since then, but we'll try to talk about as much as we can. We'll stick to sports, um, talk about the Raiders stuff or I guess the NFL stuff. So what were your initial thoughts? Um, he did, by the way, have his workout today, which we'll, which we'll get into. But what were your initial thoughts when you heard the report and also kind of what you've heard since you know, post-workout today? Yeah, well, I, I'll say that the when the initial report came out, I was definitely like, oh, that's interesting. You know, they're going to they're gonna give him a shot. Mark Davis recently had I made some comments about Kaepernick. I don't remember exactly what it was that he said, but – um, it's just intriguing that this is happening now after that situation happened. I honestly was thinking um, about it, and there was a lot of videos that surfaced um, the last time that he had a workout, or he did a he did a public workout, or someone had him for a, a workout, something along those lines. But I feel like watching those videos, he just didn't look like he he just looked slow um, with his like release, and he looked like. There just wasn't a whole lot behind it. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just saw a, video, a weird video. It feels like he just wasn't. 
I mean, he's obviously five years older than when he was, you know I mean? That was 28, 29 years old. He's 35, 36 ish now, roughly in that range. He just didn't look like he had it in regards to, you know, being that number two guy on an NFL team for you to unleash the reins. If your starter goes down, that being said, I'm sure he's probably pretty fresh as long in regards to his legs. So you could sit here and say that fresher Mariota package that everybody's always wanted, um, that maybe there's something there with, um, you know, stuff that Josh McDaniels might want to do. We saw, you know, kind of how Cam Newton was incorporated with that when Cam uh, was with the Patriots, not trying to compare the two guys, but I guess that's the only thing that kind of would make sense for me as far as fit or why he might potentially make the team. But my initial reaction was like, okay, that's interesting, but he seems past his prime in regards to videos I've seen as of recently. Yeah. I mean, there was, I think it was a video last year that came out. He was just at like a community college or something like that. Um, And then more recently there, um, Michigan's, it was their um, pro day. Jim Harbaugh um, invited him to throw there, um, which got, you know, Michigan's a big program, especially leading up to the draft. So got some eyes on him to, to be able to show his showcase his talents. Now, I honestly was, um, I was pretty cool with it um, and it not, political side and not like I'm not on that. See, once again, we're sticking to sports. Um, I was cool with it from as far as how it made sense. And I'll tell you why. So with kind of where, where he's at, I think he deserves a shot. You know, you can get into all the stuff around why he hasn't been able to get his shot since everything transpired. But um, I would say he's someone that has stayed in shape. Um, I think his delivery has always been slow, um, was always kind of this independent contractor, um, you know, where it wasn't just this quick, thing right here, you know, it was always like a baseball throw. So I think he always struggled there. He does have a lot of zip on it. Um, and obviously his legs, who knows where they're at as far as, you know, cause that's really where he would just kill teams, um, was escaping the pocket, could throw well off the run. And also if the play broke down, he was going for 30, 40, sometimes 65 to the crib. So I think when you look at it, you have Derek Carr, who is cemented in as our franchise quarterback. He got his new contract extension. You look who's behind Carr. We, you know, talked about this previously, but Jarrett Stidham, flips some two late late round um, picks for for him um, and so he's a backup there we got Nick Mullins and then also we did cut Garrett Gilbert obviously um, and then which we'll stay off the Garrett Gilbert talk for now and there was another uh, there's like a UDFA that we signed so technically on the roster we have four quarterbacks you have Carr once again who cemented as QB1 um, and I think if, if he does impress um, and you do end up signing him to a vet minimum deal bring him into OTAs see how he performs um, in practice. And even if it was, okay, he's, he's really impressive. Um, and we have Stidham, who's the backup and Kaepernick's number three. Um, Cause we won't carry more than three going into the actual preseason and watching well, the, in the regular season. So I, I could see it where if he's impressive throughout camp, um, throughout the summer, throughout training camp, getting in the preseason that he could be a number, a number three for us. Um, and Stidham would be kind of the, the go-to backup as far as the system he he came from the McDaniel system. He has that understanding. Car rolls an ankle, you know, and, and he we need to throw someone out there. It would be Stidham, you know, for a couple quarters. Um, but like you said, someone like Kaepernick, if he does get back into shape, is able to understand the system a little bit and they're able to put in some packages for him where we can utilize the skill set. I think it's great. Now it's funny because when this all happened, going into the 2017 year, um, after Car broke his leg, Kaepernick didn't have a team. 
and who's kind of still right in the middle of all this, um, you know, the stuff against the NFL, um, the thing with him, you know, with the anthem, Mark Davis was someone who did advocate saying, Hey, I, I would might give my coaches the blessing if they did want to bring him on. Now, Carr coming off an injury that year doesn't have this contract extension. Well, I think he just signed a contract extension, but it wasn't as cemented as this is his team yet. So there was still, and Kaepernick was more in his prime to where he could threaten potentially Carr in that sense. It's not the same situation as it is today. So I think in a good way, he could come in and compete and be a value add to the team in whatever way we could utilize him. But ultimately, I think it's a good thing for the NFL, a good thing for, um, you know, for because it because I think it was released today. I, he like he did impress in the workouts. Probably more details to come there. But some teams did kick the tires and, and schedule a few workouts with him. So he's getting some some noise. And somehow the Raiders are on the good side of this, where they are opening the doors um, to him, which might open the eyes of some other NFL teams to give him a shot, which I think is rightfully deserved. You know, he did come out and say he's open. He doesn't want to come in and say, I need, I need to be the starter or nothing, which was his original stance. Um, so he just wants a shot to compete, whether that's with the Raiders or not. I could see um, him getting that shot somewhere. So uh, the other thing, too, is on the cool throne is Josh McDaniels because new coach coming in trying to build culture. Some guys that either came in who didn't, you know, haven't played for McDaniels or guys that are on the roster that haven't played for McDaniels trying to figure out who is this guy, what kind of leader is he. He shows to be the only NFL coach to date since all this happened that was open to opening the doors for Kaepernick and allowing him to come in. So um, being able to go against the grain, there was the concern of, you know, is this going to be the Patriot way? I think it's already proven from what McDaniels has said and how he's really been able to, you know, it's not just this, but I think the way he's gone about it to where he's going to take a lot of those things that work for it, but he has to be able to be his own man. And I think the, the locker room is going to sense that and even something is, and I don't think it was a political move, but even something as, as little as that, whether it transpires into signing him could bode well for the culture and the team's buy-in to what type of leader um, and head coach that is new and has to somewhat earn the respect of the players there. I think it's a good good sign in that direction. So that's my, my two cents on it. We'll see how where it goes over the next couple of days here. Might have a different update for you guys next week, but those are my thoughts. Well, and to um, touch on a little bit of the uh, the whole McDaniels and culture type of thing. There was a uh, report today that they were in red zone drills and the whole offense lined up incorrectly. And so everybody just had to start running laps. And so I was like, that's awesome. Cause that's like junior football, high school all over again, where it's like, you don't line up right. You're doing, you know, gassers or you're running laps. So. Well, and I, I did see that report, but I also saw that there was a follow-up to it and McDaniels said, which is another added good thing. Um, it was the players that initiated that. So it was, they lined up wrong. McDaniels called like Adam stop and the players initiate saying like discipline themselves. So it's a sign of respect to leaders carrying the culture and also the respect to the coach around. We got to get this right. So I think it's a good thing all around little things, right. But those little things stack them on top. They turn into great, great things. You know, we've certainly heard different reports early on in Raiders OTAs and this thing. We're going to hold on to these positive things, guys. Right. But cool. Um, well, yeah, we'll see how that transpires and we'll get, you know, hopefully be able to get an update next week and see where, where it all goes. But all in all, very interesting. Once again, off season does not sleep and we always got some, some interesting news to, to roll out. But another interesting um, set of news is, um, John Gruden did have his court hearing scheduled for this week. Um, he's suing the NFL for whatever you want to call it. It's not wrongful termination, but basically being blackballed 
or kind of this uh, the investigation with the Washington football team commanders, Redskins, all three of them were involved in the timeline here, but um, where they got investigated and the emails came out with Gruden, him ended up having to resign. So he went into court this week and I believe what would happen and you might have a better clear understanding of this. And if you do feel free to jump in. Um, Yeah. So what essentially the first thing that the NFL tried to do was push it to arbitration and not a trial, which I believe arbitration is more of just both sides hashing things out and trying to figure something out. I might be wrong about that, but then the the judge denied that, um, so it pushed to a trial, and then the NFL tried to push to get it thrown out of court completely and just dismissed, and the judge denied that as well. So we have a full blown trial that's going on uh, with that outside of them trying to settle out of court, which I think is probably what the NFL is going to want to do. You know, we're going to see this thing actually go to a trial, a battle back and forth, which is awesome. Uh, because, you know, there's the old adage that everybody's got their number, right? But I have a feeling that there is more hatred and wanting to just go full scorched earth in John Gruden to just have all this outed than there is that, like, at least money that they have can buy, and they have all of the monies, right? So it's going to be very interesting how this pans out because I, I do feel like Like, let's be realistic. John Gruden has made a lot of money in his lifetime, and he probably can sit here and say, I'm probably good if this means just total motherfucking the NFL and (laughs) pardon the language, but um, just, you know, getting after them, having them to air out the dirty diapers. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be a good one. I can't wait to see how this unfolds. It'll probably be like eight years before we find out what happens, but it's moving forward. No, and I, I think you're exactly right. Um, I think he has enough money to where he's just going to say, no, I'm just going to pursue this. And you can try to, because they want to settle it, you know, outside of court, obviously, to not have anything else come up as it relates to the NFL and their mishandling or any type of, I guess, way that they configured and, and really led for this stuff to, to leak out um, that they were behind it. And they also didn't, to cover up, you know, Schneider stuff, different things, maybe members of the NFL that are, you know, kind of the good old boys that are sitting back saying, Hey, let's just nip this in the butt. Um, but Jerry it Jones. will be interesting. Jerry Jones, <laughs> it'll be interesting nonetheless, but yeah. Cause we're also talking, you're talking 10,000 plus documents. I think they said, and, and emails and like Gruden's the only one that had something, you know, that was bad involved in that. Not no so chance. fast, my friends. No chance. Yeah. <laughs> so, and honestly, it probably would have been any, any coach that was the head coach of the Raiders at the time, if they had bad emails. It was them. It was them that was getting aired out. But, you know, also Chucky, you know, the the, the storied history of the Raiders and, and him and the NFL. So, but that's like, that's a whole podcast. We could probably just one whole episode of just going off on all of that. So, yeah, maybe we'll do one podcast where it's just conspiracy theories about the NFL. We'll just do, we'll just go down rabbit holes. Um, that could be one full podcast. I think it's going to have to come after a bottle of bullet or at least <laughs> half a bottle of, of of some type of whiskey to where we're we, just, we're getting we, loose. Can, we can go yeah. yeah we can just let loose on conspiracy <laughs> theories so yeah but even even a mount rushmore top top conspiracy theories in the nfl might have to happen mm-hmm. in general so anyways yep yeah i didn't think we would be sitting here um at this time being excited about updates on the trial for john gruden but here we are it's all about your mindset and how how you make it so home is where you make it I'm not going to say that next yeah. time. So. Yeah, it's some joint too. 
Cool. Um, and the last thing for the Raiders, um, you want to touch on some OTA roster updates. Yeah, so it, they dropped the positional roster for OTAs. Um, everything was pretty chalk for the most part, except for two options, and I want to get your your opinion on both of them, uh, one from each side of the ball. First overall for the Raiders, Dylan Parham, labeled strictly as a guard. Nothing to do with center, nothing to do with anything else, strictly labeled as a guard. You've got Leatherwood, Denzel Good, Jermaine Illuminor, all guard tackle labels. So it's not they were not. It's not like they were trying to just label people one thing or the other. Um, there was a lot of talks of him being, you know, transitioning to center in the NFL and being a good center. Um, but they got him penciled in there, aiming for him to be at a guard. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think I would be. I would be more concerned if they just labeled him as a center. Um, I think the guard is, is the fact that he, that's ideal state where we would see the biggest value add to the team um, in the offensive line. So that's my thoughts. Um, I think if he ends up, you know, doing well in the summer, but, and ends up shifting, sliding into center, um, I think that that bodes well for the other guards around us that they're doing well enough to, to be in those spots. So I feel good about it. Um, I think I would love to see him as the guard, We'll see how how the offseason goes. There's there's a lot of moving and shaking, especially with the system and how I know they kind of like to shuffle guys around. And we do, as you can tell, we do have the the roster and and, and we made those um, acquisitions in free agency and the draft to have a versatile offensive line. So I like seeing him at guard. We'll see see where it goes. Yeah, and that's obviously not sexy thing to touch on. It's like this guy's labeled a guard instead of center. I love what guards. Your <laughs> but this one on the other side of the ball, a little more intriguing. Nate Hobbs, labeled as a safety. They pencil him as a safety. He's not in the cornerback realm. Um, as we know, he played pretty much predominantly slot corner for us. Uh, he also rated out as one of the top cornerbacks in this rookie class, as a cornerback in general, underneath that label. But alas, he is labeled as a safety on the roster. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to call fiction on this one. I don't, um, I don't know if they either mislabeled it or maybe that's where they have him starting out at. I think within this Patrick Graham scheme, he is a ideal um, boundary corner. Um, and we, with also the versatility to slide into the slot and blitz off the edge and do all the things that he was productive at in his rookie year. I think you think of that, that cover two press, long arms, quick feet, able to, you know, he's tall, he can run, you know, he's, he's, he's able to play that true um, boundary corner in the cover two scheme. And I, I just think he's, he's perfect for that. So I, I would be pretty surprised if, that's where they just played him throughout spring and OTAs or, or spring um, OTAs and um, training camp and whatnot. But yeah, I'm gonna call fiction on that. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be a corner. He's but he also has versatility to move all the way through. He can play a safety position, but fiction. He's a corner. Put in the books, fix the books, and put it back in. Yeah, I agree with that too. And I it's I don't know why they would have labeled that either. Um, here's a question then for you: If he's the ideal boundary corner. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the odd man out, Rakusin or Trayvon Mullen? Um, that is a good question. I, I if we're talking like starting wise, take the sure. what two are starting. Well, I think he he's the ideal as far as what type of player he is, you know. But it's also limiting him with his versatility. So I think you look at Mullen, and Mullen is someone that that can truly be successful on the outside. He's you know he's a little undersized, six foot six one, I believe, but. Um, he does have longer arms, to, so I think he can play that role. It's not about long arms. But I'm saying like his, his, the way he plays is congruent to the type of corner you're looking for. And Rocky Sin, but Rocky Sin also has the versatility to play in the nickel as well. 
I think Mullen, if he does have a good camp, um, should be the other corner. And I could see some flip-flopping based on matchups, based on, you know, how we're attacking with Rocky Sin and, and also uh, Nate Hobbs. But Rocky Sin has been good, good on the boundary. He's been good in the slot. Um, I think it's just a good thing that we have these options. So I would say if anyone is going to be more so penciled in as one of those two, it would be Trayvon Mullen um, with some scheme versatility with the, the Rocky Sin and, and Nate Hobbs. But who knows? I mean, there's also what's his name that I keep forgetting, Verrett, for, not Verrett, uh, Averett, Anthony Averett, the other guy we got from, from Baltimore. So I don't know. I think these are all good problems to have, to have depth. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, like, I feel like we're probably still going to see Hobbs a decent amount as a slot corner because that's, you know, the fact that he can slide into that point. Now you got all three guys on the field and it's not, you know, what I mean, that's not that someone's an odd man out. It's just like he can play that slot corner position. So, yeah, I saw that today. Uh, I believe it was Paul Gutierrez throughout the, the full roster or whatnot. So found those two interesting. Had to bring them up. Good. Well, yeah, we are going to move into the second portion of the podcast. Before we do, Micah, tell the people who this podcast episode is brought to you and us and everyone by. Absolutely. As always, this episode is brought to you by DraftKings. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, all right, well, let's get into this. So um, going back into my quarterback, quarterback, quarterback rankings for the 2022 NFL season. Um, you know, last week was, we, we got a little bit off the rails. Okay. Mostly me. Um, we're a little silly. Some would say big silly, but to re-explain, you know, I did my 15 through 11 um, and just the context of it is ranking the quarterbacks 15 through one, where it's who this year is, is going to be just the best. And then similar to how I look at the, um, the NFL draft where it's like, Hey, just basing, you know, the player, not their surrounding cast, right? So it's not like, well, but look, you know, Mahomes has Kelsey and this, that, and the other, right? It's not great. It's saying, hey, there's one team that has the same players and you're putting this quarterback onto that team. So just truly evaluating that quarterback. I will go through the list 15 through 11 as we unveiled last week. So 15, I had New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson, 14, Indianapolis Colts, Matt Ryan, 13, Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson, Las Vegas Raiders, number 12, um, number 12 in the rankings, Derek Carr for the Raiders, as everyone knows, and then capped it off with Kyler Murray um, at number 11 for the Arizona Cardinals. And I had some, I had a little bit of like freak out moment, just going back through it and being like, I had Zach Wilson pretty high, Deshaun Watson, I've always looked at a top five talent, 13, but I stand by it. 
the other thing too, and I don't know if I told you this, but you know, this exercise is, is kind of based off of Chris Sims. You know, he's for NBC, he does a podcast and listened to it for years. He does top 40. I don't have time for that clearly. Um, but he just started his top 40. So I'm like, I'm going to rip through my list first. And then I just want to see not that like, Oh, if I have similar things that he does, that means I'm smart, but I do, I do respect the way he evaluates quarterbacks and, and how he looks at it. So, but spoiler, he does have Zach Wilson at 22. So didn't get inside the top 20 and he's pretty high on him. And I'm like, well, I'm going to run. I'm going to freaking say that Zach Wilson is my boy. So let's go baby. What I would like to do is just like we did last time is go one by one. We'll rip through them, but any thoughts? And I, I need to know if you disagree, if you're like, oh, I think you're too low or too high on this individual. Fair enough. Yeah, that's fine. Are you going to ask me too low or too high on everyone or just, no, I just, I'm going to get your thoughts. I'm saying if I disagree, if you disagree disagree or just wherever you're and just okay you know l- let me have it i'm here to here to learn okay um cool number 10 lamar jackson so lamar jackson mvp quarterback he's in contract negotiations he's has obviously being an mvp he was one of the best quarterbacks and has been over the last couple of years 10 um seems pretty low for him um now reason for that is similar to kyler murray is that he is his limitations have been exposed. Okay. Once again, taking him onto a roster that was just already built out. I think there's a lot of things that he can do extraordinarily well. I don't think anyone runs better with the ball in their hands than Lamar Jackson. I think he has a good arm. I, he has a strong arm. He can throw the deep ball. His accuracy in between 17 to 25 is in question. Going back to the NFL draft, uh, like the QB rankings that I did, like the tight window throws. It's not always there. I think he does step on the gas a little bit and, and try to take those shots, but sometimes it just looks like like a wobble. It just so it's a wobbler coming out. A lot of different mechanical things. The way that he can, you know, if he has a clean pocket, right, or if he escapes and is able to get his whole body in motion, he can throw a pretty dang good ball, right? I think you've seen him beat teams beat teams deep. I think you've seen he has a quick release, right? He can kind of slingshot it from. A lot of different angles, which I think is a very good good skill. Quick slant, boom, here and there. I just think being able to stay in the pocket, escape pressure, and then be able to get his whole body all the way through and throw to those routes that either take time to um, develop or routes that break down and being able to hit something from a right hash to the left hash, 20, you know, 18 to 22 yards, right, right in there where it needs to be. He struggles. Not everyone has to do that. But what we're talking about is the elite of the elites, right? 10 best quarterbacks on the planet. So he's number 10 for me. His, once again, you, it's every week you have to go in a game plan for his legs. I just think his, he has been banged up. So durability um, has been an issue at times. And just even then pure pocket passing is going to be a concern. We're just talking about this year, but that has already shown up previously. And as the years go on, his legs will slow down. And, you know, so he has to be able to be effective in the pocket. And I think he struggles. Okay. He is once again, brain MVP, Madden cover, whatever. Top 10 for me, just how I look at it. I'll stop there. Your thoughts. That is interesting. I do think that is pretty low for him. I'll wait to hear the rest of them. Perfect. Yeah. I think that's fair. My thought process is like, I was trying to think while you were talking, who is probably in this top 10 list. Because for me, I look at it, it's like, who would I want 
over this person or whatever, you know what I mean? Like in that situation. Sure. And yeah. I feel like there's a chance I would pick Lamar Jackson over a few different people. So how about this? I'll wait to hear your six through 10 and maybe I'll tell you where I would adjust things. If there cool. were any things that would adjust as well, because it's, Perfect. it's hard to say that without knowing, you know, Correct. and I think that's fair. And then if anything pops out as, as I'm going through, you just jump in and let me know. So Lamar Jackson, number 10, and this is hard. Okay. This is very hard to, to justify. And this, once again, if, if I got paid to do this, right. If I was actually an analyst, I don't know if I would be so far different, but I would be able to put more time into, to actually evaluate. But this is just what, what I see from watching these guys for years and what I see going into this new year. So sideball test. Seattle test. Right. Um, Matt Crow, 2023 um, rookie of the year, 2022, 2023. So uh, number nine, Dak Prescott, um, Dallas Cowboys. So purely, I think he's someone that has grown so much as a, um, as a thrower. He's always had that, that leadership ability, but being able to say, um, if you think about it, when he's, when he kind of came in, you know, the whole Romo thing, he ends up, you know, torch gets passed to him. Zeke Elliott is in peak Zeke, right? Peak Zeke form. Um, basically just 1,400 yards every year. You know, he has degressed. Zeke has at least the running back position. That's just what happens. Um, but when he started, was looked at as just a complimentary piece to Zeke. So over the last couple of years, he has it's turned into Dak's team. It's turned into, you know, we had the unfortunate, was it his knee injury um, or ankle injury um, that he had and had to battle back through. Um, going back into this past year, but he has proven to be a top 10 quarterback week in and week out. Someone that is, has athletic ability to get outside the pocket, um, not just get you, oh, that those extra three or four yards for a first down, but can turn it up. He's not this elusive runner. Okay. No one is Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, et cetera, but um, he does have the athletic ability um, to do that, but he does a fantastic job of using that athletic ability, stay in the pocket, you know, move and shake, miss, you know, avoid a sack, still stay there and just throw darts down the field, right? I'm not saying escape the pressure and dump it down to your fullback or, you know, this check down. It's still be able to take the shot or take something on the chin and still hit something. Granted, a lot of good weapons in Dallas. I'm just looking at the, the player in itself, his ability to hit the short intermediate routes, very accurate deep ball thrower, um, and can carve you up sideline to sideline between those. I think I, I call it the money range, kind of like that. The, yes, 50-yard bombs are great, okay, <laughs> right? And being able to run four fours is awesome. Being able to stand in the pocket, either escape or, you know, kind of move around, having that pocket presence, I'm going to be able to really dice people up, you know, and take advantage of defensive mishaps and being able to strike with those 17 to 25-yard yard throws. That's just – that is really, I think, the, the thing for me that not a lot of quarterbacks have or have the confidence or the arm talent accuracy, et cetera, to, to be able to do that. So he's someone that can put the team on his back. You know, I look at leadership, I look at pocket presence, arm talent, and arm talent is arm strength and accuracy. Um, and he's someone that I think is this, I, I feel good about where he is just right on this list, um, just with who is in front of him. Um, so Dak Prescott, number nine. Good. Yeah, good. All righty. Um, cool. Number eight, Russell Wilson. Denver Broncos, Russ Wilson. Now, once again, you can look at coming from Seattle to Denver, all these things. I still think Russ is one of the more elite quarterbacks in the NFL, someone that is probably has the best or prettiest, let's just call it the prettiest deep ball, just that moonshot ability to, to strike deep down the field, someone that has enough athletic ability to escape and get outside the pocket. True leader, I think that's no one, no one doubts that. He, he 
plays through injuries. I think his football intelligence is very high. I think the difference that what, what differentiated him and Dak Prescott, I just think is, I think Russ's arm is truly special. Um, and compared to Dak Prescott's, I think Dak Prescott has a very talented arm, but I think Russ can, his accuracy and the way he can drive the ball um, with velocity and accuracy, the combination of that, I think separates the two. Um, so do I love that he's on the Denver Broncos? No. Do I think that he does have, have some faults? Sure. I think there's a lot of system stuff coming from Seattle that he may have been limited. And overall, just looking at his profile, looking at his ability to lead, hit the deep shots, throw with velocity up the field on each side of the hashes, I think is truly special. Not special enough um, because there are, I, don't know, I think you've seen some weak points in his games. Um, when, once again, if I was able to dive into it so much, I could probably point out specific examples, but I think there have been times where either he's battling through injury, you know, he had the pinky thing you know, this past year, but he plays through it. And I don't know if that's always served him well, but I think he's just someone that is still an elite town in the NFL comes in at number eight for me. Um, now this one's going to be fun. Number seven, Tom Brady. So the goat, the goat is number seven for me. And I don't know people fall on either side, right? Whether as long as he's breathing, he's number one. And also, by the way, he led the NFL in passing last year. So Brady is someone that you can't, you don't have enough time. We don't have enough time in this podcast or enough words to really be able to describe him and truly how incredible he is. Now, his arm strength is still there. Okay. His football IQ is, is better than anyone probably there ever was. Um, his, his ability to read defenses, his ability to get his receivers in the right spots, literally calling out mid-play to Leonard Fournette as he's play-actioning him about what the coverage is. So Leonard Fournette options his route mid-play action, you know, to go catch the ball. You know, it's, it's, it's just insane. You can't, you can't really, you know, there's not a lot of people that have ever lived that can do that. So it's like Tom Brady and me usually, you know, the people that, I'm just kidding. Not a lot of people that are that talented. So once again, everyone can talk about all the great things about him and, and where he's at. He retired and then came back. He's still going to be special. Not a top five quarterback for me. There are still limitations that he has and that he's just freaking almost 70 years old guys like let's just be real but does not has never had mobility um and doesn't have even when he was at his best in his prime which you could say was probably the last 20 years (laughs) but in his prime he still had this quick twitch being able to avoid pressure and still step and drive the ball in the pocket you know kind of like we're talking about but he can still get rattled a little bit if you get uh if you get hits on him early um i think you can see him kind of bail out, um, either throw it away or bail out of throws where it's not, he's not going to stand in there and right. Just straight through it. He's, he's going to get this pressure and kind of fade back a little bit, throw some back shoulder, 50, 50 ball, whatever. So I think there's some limit <clears throat> limitations in his game. He's the goat. That's why I have respect for him. He also threw for 5,000 yards last year, but as far as QB talents right now, he's number seven for me. Does not make the top five. It is what it is. Okay, cool. Number six. So it was like seven through, I guess eight through five is, is probably was the toughest here. Zach Wilson at 15 was a freaking no brainer, dude. You, know, you guys will see. Um, but um, yeah, number six is, is uh, Matt Stafford for me. Now I had all those years in Detroit. I think everyone saw how truly special he was. If you weren't paying attention because who really wanted to watch those Detroit Lions games, but his arm talent is, isn't, is absolutely insane. 
his the, his the arm angles. He's, he's it's that true baseball. Hey, did you know that he played baseball with Clayton Kershaw? Yeah, we get it, guys. We know that, but he can throw from here, three quarters, sidearm, whatever he, he and with velocity, with accuracy, touch, whatever you want to call it. So he's truly incredible. I think you saw that highlight in the Super Bowl where he it was like a no look sidearm banger that was just round the dime. Like it was incredible. So I think he should get the respect that he deserves. He should always been in the top 10. Um, I think just mostly physically he's better than where Brady's at right now. Also football IQ is, is he's up there as far as current quarterbacks. So I think Stafford's truly special. You can say, say what you want about scheme, but guys, we watched the first 10 years of his career in the revolving door of the Detroit lions. And he's still game in game out weekend, year in year out. What do you want to say? Truly performed like an elite quarterback. And so he lands on number six for me for this year. He'll be a front runner for MVP, um, Super Bowl champion team coming, you know, coming in this year. Um, so I get it. Just doesn't doesn't crack the top ten. I'm sure he'll he'll top five. Doesn't doesn't crack the top five. He did crack the top ten, but uh yeah. What's funny about him is like he's literally the poster child for like change of scenery could do you good. Because he literally wins the Super Bowl the first year. He's just not in Detroit. And now he's on, you know, uh, phone commercials about yeah, changing dude. the plan. And, oh, my gosh. That was yeah. probably one of the greatest commercials. I was like, when I saw that, I double took, like, what did I oh, just yeah. see? There's a lot of Thomas Petty going on in that commercial. Yes, absolutely. Sir Thomas Petty. Um, yes. So, yeah. that's where, and, I'll, and I'll go through him again just real quick, and then I'll let you give your thoughts. So, once again, number 10, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens. Number nine, Dak Prescott um, for the Dallas Cowboys. Number eight, Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos. Seven, the GOAT, Tom Brady, Buccaneers. Number six, Matthew Stafford, LA Rams. Micah, give me your thoughts. Roast me. What do you think? Well, there's not much to roast, to be honest with you. But I, I would say that I personally probably would take Lamar over Dak. But as I'm like racking my brain of these quarterbacks and going through it, I actually started to like, okay, now I agree with you because in my head I, I figured out you know, not obviously not like positionally who these last five are going to be, but I, I'm, I was waiting to hear number six because I knew like the other six quarterbacks, how they're going to be arranged, where is it or whatnot. But actually, I, I like the way your list is going. I, I very interesting that Brady doesn't crack the top 10, but or top five. Uh, but I do think it's just like you've got to factor that age in no matter how like long he keeps playing and keeps playing well there is something that just not having no mobility, you know, kind of can limit you with. And he's been proven that, uh, you know, Tom versus time, Tom is winning. So, you know, mm -hmm. um, but I would say that was the, the more interesting part. But I personally would probably flip-flop Dak and Lamar, but that's also like 9 and 10, 10 and 9. That's still not really that big of a difference. Yeah, and I agree. I agree with you, man. Like it's it's tough because I think it's it's really what you you know what do you want you know? And I'm saying this is what I'm looking for, and it's not like I'm not saying this is the way the NFL evaluates quarterbacks. I just say, hey, this is where I think the quarterback position is going. And as much as there has been so much, I guess, movement towards mobile quarterbacks, mobile shorter quarterbacks, whatever you want to call it, not this six four Drew Bledsoe, you know, coming out of freaking. Um, New Mexico state or wherever he came from. Um, it's like, yeah. So I think that's good. But like, just so you know, the NFL is getting faster. Okay. The defense is getting faster and that won't change. And it will never change to be just a truly passing league. So I would trade off Lamar Jackson's ability as probably one of the best quarterback running, you know, runners of quarter runners, of quarterback 
running quarterbacks of all time outside. I mean, Michael Vick, you could probably put them up to, you know, with each other, but I would just trade off that with Dak's ability to actually stand the pocket and deliver as a passer. So yeah. And potentially like have the ability to make every throw if needed. Exactly. That, that that, kind that, of, I, I get very, that that trumps, not trumps all, but trumps, you know, I mean, it's the legs versus arms debate. Yeah. And for me, it does. Right. I think that's a very good way of putting it. It's like, and that's why I was like, I, I come completely understand like having yeah. him there at nine, because when you talk about his throwing ability, He's got better throwing ability than Lamar does. So, yeah, I just like I look at it is basically what you said, but being able to look in your playbook and say he can make all these throws. Now Lamar offers a different package that none of, no one on this list does. But I think if you flip it and say what's harder to scheme for, what players can do when the play is drawn up, right, compared to when the play breaks, I think I would rather take my gamble on someone gashing me for, oh my gosh, I can't believe we let him outside the pocket for 10 yards, right? Compared to, oh my gosh, the play broke down and he's still in our corner tripped or, you know, and like he hit this thing. He was on the freaking right, almost close to the sideline threw it all the way across, you know, someone on the, on the left side. Like, and I don't know. And I'm not saying it's NLBO, but that's how I look at it. Yeah. We've got five left. We've got a, I'm not done with those five, by the way. Not done like um, positioning them. Yeah, I, well, I think you could probably guess who the five is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know who the five are, but the where they're positioned is going to be the intriguing part. And I think you'll probably find out at the same time we will. <laughs> I think so. It, it, yeah, it might be live. <laughs> um, but that's it. So. Cool. Well, that was great. You know, the anticipation of six through ten is, is finally arrived. Excited to excited to get through one through one through five. Sorry, one thing I did want to note before we left, and this is just a special shout out. So I, I did hang out with uh, Soup last week, and we we got you know we got to talk, and Soup's big, you know, one of our good friends from back in paradise. Mike and I are both back, um, so he came over, hung out a little bit, and then we got to chop it up for a couple hours. And he did mention he is a listener. Now this is what he said, and it's a very interesting thing, and it kind of felt like a back end compliment. But he said, "Hey, love your guys' pod. I listen to it." every time I go back to Sioux Falls. So he, he played football at Sioux Falls. There's a lot of friends, possible um, lovers of the nighttime out there, lover of the nighttime. Um, he's like, so I always listen to it when I'm traveling. I'm like, dude, thank you. How, but how often do you travel? You know, cause then are you really saying, you know, if, cause if it's like once, you know, we do podcasts once a week. So are you doing that much? Travel? You know, so I don't know, you know, and whatever. So we're not going to shame, listen, shame here. But uh, what he did note is like, Hey, I did want to tell you, um, I know you're going through your quarterback rankings. I was last year when you didn't have Herbert inside the top 10, I was going to give you some shit, you know? So I needed, I needed you to know that you missed there. And I said, Hey, hand up. I did. I have not unveiled Herbert yet. Devin soup. Okay. So he's in there somewhere. Is he five? Is he one? 17. Yeah. Yeah. He, oh yeah. No, he didn't make the list. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he didn't even make the, I just like Zach Wilson a little bit better, <laughs> but anyways, oh, that's fantastic. Well, Soup, if you're listening, what up? This one's for you, homie. Yes. <laughs> As always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Go hit us up on YouTube and watch our YouTube. Hit us up on Twitter is what I definitely meant to say. Uh, go check out the website, RaiderTakePodcast.com. And we're going to get through these without giving you guys any Jay-Z references this time, which were awesome last time. Let's just, let's be honest. Spoke too soon. <laughs>
but yes, we'll have one through five next week. Um, until then, we'll see y'all later. Yep, Red Nation, stand up. Love you guys. Peace.